What is up, my real estate of miners? Hello. That doesn't sound right, no. real estate of miners. We gotta no. change that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where you came up with that. At. Yeah, no, didn't. It sounded good in my head, not when I said it. So we're gonna try this again. Welcome to Real Estate of Mind podcast. We gotta think of a good name for the people that listen to this. I'm Mike. As always, I'm with my boy Kyle. Hey. And today we got a, you know, just a quick and interesting topic that kind of, kind of struck a nerve. I guess with us, and we wanted to just get it out into the podcast sphere. But it's choosing the right real estate agent, and I got to tell you what, I had a horrible experience, and I think we're just going through it and knowing what we know now with everything. We just kind of wanted to just touch on it. There may be a part two that comes in later in our podcasting uh, timeline, but for right now, we just wanted to get it out there really quick for the people that want to know what do we got to look for. For a good real estate agent, or even better, signs of a bad one. That's right. So, I mean, it all comes down to personal opinion. Hands down, it's what it really is. Um, but a lot of people like to know that they're able to trust their agent, mm-hmm. that they have a sense of being comfortable with their agent, that they know their agent's working in their best interest. Now, again, there's some times where, you know, you got these dual, dual agents or whatever, and, and they can't necessarily work in the buyer's best interest because they're working for the seller. Um, and that's a, a disclaimer type topic yeah, thing. But you should know that. Yeah. Like a good real estate agent will let you know that. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically when finding the real agent, you – and when they – this is more or less like when you're selling a property, how do I know which one I, I want to work with when selling? Buying is a little bit different because they're going to want to take you out, whatever. But when selling a property, you're probably going to want to interview a couple agents. Mm-hmm. And I think we touched upon this maybe in a previous episode a little yeah. bit. Um, you're going to want to interview a couple agents and they could be from the same office. They could be from a different office. It all comes down to you, um, what you feel is best for your house and your equity and everything. Um, you can take referrals from friends. If you had a neighbor, whoever moved right. out, like who did you use? That's perfectly fine. Um, but when talking to these agents, you know, they're all going to offer something different. Now, Mike and I, again, marketing background with marketing degrees and everything, you know, we can say we went to college for marketing. Right. Some people, again, you don't need a degree in, in real estate. Um, might not have that marketing background. We can say, look, we understand how to market. We're keeping up with the trends. Right. That could be an advantage for us. As new agents, we can also say, you know, we have nothing but time on our side. Mm-hmm. We can be able to devote so much time to your house to market right. it and whatnot because we don't really have the client base that other agents might have. That could be something that people look for. Oh, okay, well, I want someone who's going to be here for me when I need them. Right. Okay. Um, but at the same time for us, a, a bad side is, is we don't necessarily understand everything. We right. haven't experienced everything. So are they going to trust us with a transaction as much as they might with someone who's done hundreds of transactions? Right. I mean, we're, we're lucky. We're, we're backed by a pretty nice brokerage. I mean, I don't know if all the brokerage that represent our company are the same. But, I mean, the one we work at, there's a ton of people with a ton of different types of knowledges and experience and age ranges. So, I mean, we could always work that to our advantage, too. It's like if I don't get this answer or I don't have this answer right now, I can literally make a phone call and get the answer, you know, within a, within the day, tops. So, I mean, that disadvantage kind of works into our advantage because, one, we have somebody we can talk to, and, two, we actually learn as we go. Yeah. Where I've definitely seen it where some people go out there and it's just like trial by fire. Like, I don't know, I, I don't know what I don't know, and I'm going to figure it out when I get burned. So Yeah. And another big thing, and again, like it all comes to trust mm-hmm. and responsibility, but how do you get to that point? 
and you got to communicate with each other. You got to be able to feel comfortable communicating with your agent. Right. And your agent also needs to be able to listen to you. Right. But you also have to listen to your agent. Yeah. Your agent obviously knows the market the best. Mm-hmm. They know the trends. They might have clients that right. they have like that would want the house. So you have to listen to your agent as much as they have to listen to you. Now, if your agent's like, "Oh, well, your house is worth you know fifty thousand less than what the market suggests," then might be a, a red flag there. Right. Um, that might just be desperation to get a listing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if your agent is gonna sit here and say, "Oh, we need to change this, 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 this about the house." That's also a red flag because that's going to require you to put more money into the house and you're trying to right. get out of that house. Obviously, you're going to have to put a little bit in to maybe update it or make it look nicer or fix an issue in the wall or, or whatever. Or get that value that you want out of To get the value you house. want, yeah. Right. So you're going to have to put in a little bit, but if the agent's telling you to go well over budget yeah, right. and well more than you're comfortable with, then red flag. Right. Um, but your agent also has to be able to understand what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, There could be times where... The agent calls you and is like, hey, look, I got someone interested in this property that we want to show it at 4 p.m. today. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, you have interest, but we can't do 4 p.m. We have to be at the house by 4 p.m. We have something going on. Mm-hmm. If you don't communicate that with your agent or you do communicate and your agent doesn't listen, screw everything up. Yeah, you know, right. You'll be home, and the last thing you want to do is be home when they're mm-hmm. showing the property because you don't want any bias or anything. Um, so you kind of have to set guidelines with your agent, mm-hmm. but your agent also set guidelines with you. Right. You got to work with them. Like, at the end of the day, they're getting their service fee. I mean, the way I think of it and the way it was broken down to me is a good real estate agent or realtor will not sell your house completely under a marketed value unless, you know, there's circumstances. And he won't try to make you sell it above certain circumstances because, one, if you're educated, you won't want to list with that. Or, two, it might just seem real high and you just want to get rid of the house. So a good agent will work to find that best price to sell it that works best for everybody because if they price it too high, they're not gonna get a, they're not gonna get a check. They're gonna put all this money in, you're not gonna get your service checked. And then you price it too low, then you're just not making enough money. So they wanna find that right price, you know, just as much as you do. And sometimes that eyeball doesn't, you know, really doesn't add up. Like you said, sometimes, you know, um, the people trying to sell the house they add that extra fee of, well, this is all the work I personally put into it. This is how much money I put into it. Or they're like, look at the corner where Jimmy's, uh, you know, he, we were here since a kid and now Jimmy's heights on that wall. Well, it's like the money you put in is what made the house that value. You don't add that on top of your value. No one cares about the sentimental part. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so nobody cares what you added because it's included in the total inspection of the house. And like you said, the sentimental parts. Like the first thing is, as soon as you they buy the house, the first thing they're gonna do is paint over Jimmy's marks. Like oh they, yeah. Like yeah, they don't no. care that Jimmy grew up in this house. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes there's that you know, lost in the translation that you know the nostalgia tax of you adding money to your house that as a house isn't there, but to you personally it is, and it sometimes it's hard to get over that. Now I've talked to, I talked to people where their sellers were just like, you know what, you're right, like. I took it too high and, and you know, you're the expert here, so I agree with you. And then there's some people that are like, No way. Like they have a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar house and they're trying to sell it for like four ninety. And you're like, That's not how this works and they're just like, No, like no, I don't wanna do it. But then the agent drops them. 
because you know they're they they know to cut Why their waste losses. their time and everything. Yeah. yeah, like they know to cut their losses and they're not gonna be able to sell that house. So then they call back at the office trying to figure out something else, and then you know usually it could be you, but sometimes it could be somebody else where they're like, you know what, I guess four ninety was a little too high, and then they're like, uh, yeah, duh, like let's work this out now. So I mean, there's ways to work this situation, but a good agent even knows, you know. Good poker player knows when to hold them, knows when to fold them. Yeah. So. And now we're not saying, you know, it's not a good thing to overprice your property because sometimes it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, if your house is worth five eighty, but you list it as six hundred, you get a whole new market of people that are looking six hundred minimum. Right. And you can go from there. And then, you know, at the same time, an agent wants the the homeowner to feel comfortable and mm-hmm. have a say, but you also have to do it ethically and everything and oh, be yeah. professional. So maybe the agent might give you, okay, we'll list it at 600 and then give it a month or whatever. Hey, look, we aren't getting any hits on the house. I think we should decrease the price to 580 right. and do something like that. Like it's a respectful way of doing it rather than just being, no, I have to get this for it. And like we get like you have to get a certain price if that's what's going to get you to move out of the house and into a new one to, mm-hmm. you know, have all that money so you can afford it. But you also kind of have to see the realistic side. It's it's trends of the market. Right. Market's fast sometimes. Yeah. Market's it's slow. Like the stock market, you have no control over exactly. it. Exactly. So, yeah, and that's and that's difficult for some people to see, but I mean, it does work and it does happen. But sometimes too, I've definitely seen it where people have had you know five hundred thousand dollar houses that they put on the market for four eighty, uh, then ended up selling the house for five twenty six because they got into a bidding war. There's some agents just are just know that perfect price that will start a bidding war for a house. And they really level up on it, and, and it does good. So then, you know, you want to sell your house for five hundred thousand. I market it four eighty because I know that everybody's gonna want to buy this house for four eighty. Next thing you know, you got ten offers, and then you got two, you got four offers, and then two offers, and now back to back to back to back, prices going up and up and up. Next thing you know, you got an extra twenty six thousand dollars in your pocket. Everybody's happy. So. And one other thing is, you know, we'll say you're in a neighborhood and house next door sells for 20,000 more than what you're told your market or your house sells for in the market mm-hmm. maybe they had upgrades that you didn't have yeah. maybe you know they sold it at the peak of the market yeah. and you didn't you know there's there's other circumstances so don't feel like what your neighbor got is what you're gonna get yeah and that happens a lot there's definitely people that see their neighbor sell a house for x dollars and they don't jump on it immediately they sit there and they're like you know two months later and they're like you know Bobby next door got his house for like five fifty. Uh, you know, maybe we should we should put ours on the market. But by then it's you know different market. Yeah, it's market a completely different market. Yeah. yeah. All right. So one of the things in the podcast that we want to start introducing are, are segments, right? Okay. And uh, over time we're going to get other segments and new segments and everything. But right now we're going to start with real estate news. Okay. This could be both nationally or locally. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's a a national look at real estate and the market and everything from Realtor.com. There's an article. Uh, mortgage rates tick down as more home buyers choose to wait it out. And this is just saying there's a slight change in the market going on. Um, interest rates are going down. And, and th- again, this is nationally. So the average 30-year fixed mortgage rate percentage is 4.6%. Um, personally, I don't, you know, didn't grow up in a time yeah. these last few years where I understood the mortgages going through the recession right. and everything. But, um, you know, going through... Each I mean that's low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but each, nice. each mortgage, you know, like the amount of years you get mm-hmm. with it, it it's going to be a lower rate than what it has been 
Yeah. I mean, remember they were talking about like in the seventies and eighties, it hit like sixteen. Yeah, exactly. So four percent compared to that, it was you know thirty years ago. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah, um, and because these mortgages are so low, people aren't willing to give it up. Mm-hmm. They could have bought their house at a three percent thirty-year fixed rate. They don't want to give that up because now it's a four point six percent. So going into this, people are not willing to sell because of that fixed rate um, that they have. But at the same time, you know. The housing market is slowing down, and, and in one of our other episodes, we did say March to June is pretty much a, the hot time. Mm-hmm. July and August is hot too, but people start settling down because school starting. School starts, yeah. And then September till about Black Friday is when you see everybody who's not interested in school. That's mm-hmm. when they go out. Um, so the market is slowing down. It is September. It's going to start picking back up, hopefully. But um, again, it's just the trends and everything. Um, and this article on Realtor.com also says that the housing market stalled because of buyer fatigue um consumers are aware that the rate is on the move and whatnot but it's there's that buyer fatigue there that is affecting Mm -hmm. people wanting to buy houses so that's why you're going to see more houses on the market and they're just going to sit there right there's a lot of houses for them to look at and sometimes it gets overwhelming for a lot of people you know and then you, you know you put a lot of pressure you put a lot of money into into an asset you know, and it's like, oh, my God, like, am I going to get my money back? I mean, the good news is, is for those buyers that their interest rates are going to be lower when they mortgage out, which is nice. But then again, you'll see, like, we'll see a boom when those interest rates slowly start to tick up. If they, you know, they'll eventually get to the point where it'll start ticking up. Hopefully it doesn't get to 16% like it was. But, you know, once it hits like 5% again, or it goes up to like 55 everyone's going to be like, well, it's going up. I want to get in on something before it goes even higher. Yeah, exactly. So. So it'll be interesting. I mean, granted, I just want to see people in the house that they like. So exactly. if you know, if you see the house you like and you want to pull the trigger, you know, four and a half percent interest seems nice. And you know, to me, it's like playing with a deck of cards. You're at the lower part of the deck. There's a lot bigger chance of it getting higher than it does to get lower. That's right. Also, not an interest expert nor an attorney, so don't take my advice for <laughs> fact. <laughs> That's just personal personal thinking. All right, well, that about does it for this yeah. episode. Nice, short, sweet. To the point. Yeah. I like so, it. again, make sure you interview multiple agents if you're looking to sell your house. Buying, it's a little bit different. You can kind of get a feel for, oh, are they serious about showing me houses? Are they serious about, like, getting me through the process? You know, body language, how they talk to you, things like that. Um, but we also kind of want to just say, you know, don't work with multiple agents. If, you know, stick with one because that's how you're going to build the trust right. and chemistry type of a thing. And, and – know that agents have access to any mm-hmm. listing pretty much in the state that they're able to right. sell in just because we don't have access to all mls systems doesn't mean we can't go show you other houses and whatnot right. so don't feel like oh well this listing's on realtor.com right. but you don't have access to any mls we have to find someone else like we'll go with that listing agent no like we can still show you it um we just might not have all the information yeah. readily available right. so at the end of the day go with the person that you like or you feel like the best with because even even the least experienced people, I mean, we, we heard today that somebody was new for a week and a half, sold three eight, $800,000 houses back to back to back. And yet every day there's there's agents that are selling houses that the deals fall through because they don't know what they're talking about at the end of the day. That's right. So you got to trust your gut, go with what you feel, find who you like, experience, you know, be damned and... And people will get answers for you. If you find the guy that you like, they're going to work with you. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to give them their service. You're going to get the service checks to them. So 
If you like them, they like you, nothing will go wrong. And if it does, they will do everything in their power to fix it. Right. But make sure you work with the agent. Don't fight them. Right. Cool. That was was fun. All right. So here comes our ending spiel. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, your refrigerator, Google Plus, uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, YouTube, YouTube. Any, pretty much anything that has connection to an internet. Reddit. Reddit, yeah. If your toaster oven's a smart toaster oven, you can probably find us on there too. If yeah. not now, soon. Exactly. So be prepared. Yeah. Uh, we are Real Estate of Mind Podcast or REM Podcast on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And Reddit. And Reddit, yes. And Reddit. I forgot. That's Otherwise, our newest position. Real Estate of Mind Podcast on Facebook, iTunes, and Google Plus. And. Give us a like, share, follow, everything. Give us reviews. Yeah, reviews. What we can change, what you want to hear. We want to make this better for you as well. Right. We're getting better. We want the whole show to get better. We want you to get better. That's deep. We want to make it more personal for you. There you go. So as always, I'm Mike. I'm here with my main man, Kyle. Real Estate of Mind podcast. I'm out.